Stephen Jill here. Good day. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about how to get unlimited SFR deal flow. What the heck is an SFR, first of all? Right. And what the heck's deal flow? And is it only SFR? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to define it now? How bad is it that we know what everyone's thinking? I know. <laughs> an SFR is a single family residence, other no, otherwise known as a house. Not an attached condo, not a row house, not a townhouse, not a piece of land, and not an apartment building. It's a single family house that you see in just about every sitcom on the planet. What deal flow is, is it, anybody in real estate will ever tell you, if I had better deal flow, I'd be doing more deals. So it means how many quality deals are coming in for your review? Often. Let's say if you get to review 10 deals a day, you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're busy. <laughs> Why? Because you're going to pick the two best ones. I just went off on a tangent, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> you said you said, you said said house. You, you were talking about the SFR and you just did a sitcom house. And I immediately went to the Brady Bunch house and I have to tell you why. So... So Steve and I were out the other night having <laughs> drinks, and imagine that. And the man who walks by us and leaving is Greg Brady. It's it's the actor, the actor who played Greg Brady, and I'm like, huh, it's kind of funny. So I'm texting my girlfriend later. I said, hey, I saw your friend and Greg Brady. She's like, are they dating? <laughs> well, first of all, she said, first she said, who's Greg Brady? And I'm like. Are you really asking me that? So what I sent her, what made me think about this, talk about where my mind goes, I sent her an image of the Brady Bunch house. I'm like, if you don't know what this house is, then you don't, you're, I don't know where, you've been under a rock, apparently. So anyway, so she's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, funny. And then her question was, of course, are they dating? I'm like, no. I saw your friend, and I saw Greg Brady. <laughs> they were not together. <laughs> so do we know this person behind us? No. Okay, all right, just checking. That's kind of funny. Someday it's gonna happen. Like I'm, just, we're gonna see someone that we know walking behind <laughs> yeah. us. Like someone that you know walking behind us. I know it's gonna happen. Cute. Anyway, that was funny. Whoever did that, though, I kind of like I don't it. See the humor in it? No. Oh. Not not one percent uh, funny. Okay. Well, that that's why we're together. <laughs> why do you think it's funny? Because <laughs> it's just it's just it's just comical about what really goes on. Come on, that happens on the news shows. You know the few that have that back there. It's just kind of I get it. I just think it's silly and cute. I'm extremely and confident that personality type is not part of our group or part of oh. our groups. Okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> before we, before we get into the topic, let's take a question posted by one of our House Academy members on our online community. It's free. All right, Jeff asks, "I'm considering the purchase of a piece of land owned by a company." The woman I spoke to on the phone says she's owner of a company called The Blank Teacher's News. Nice. And the only employee. If I'm doing a notary close, what extra documentation do I need to make the deal work right? How does she prove to the notary that she is the company? Also, I have no idea if it's an official company on the books, but it doesn't seem like it. I've searched online. I can't find any record of it. Okay. Uh, I'd like to say a couple things, and then I would love to have you actually answer the question. Okay. Because you're you're like your sales, I'm acquisitions. Correct. And you're really good at this stuff. Okay. Yesterday we had a topic where I and Jill, I had a lot to say about the 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 question, and reading and reviewing the educational material before you ask the questions because all most of the answers are in there. This is the opposite. Uh, Jeff, this is a fantastic, good question. 
I, I see there are a lot of people in real estate, tons of people in real estate, very experienced, have only ever used a notary or a title company, uh, not a notary, a title company or an escrow agent to complete their transaction. They would have the exact same question. Maybe they did a thousand deals. So this is a great deal. How do you know somebody's a valid signer when they say the owner is XYZ LLC or uh, ABC Family Trust or uh, teachersnews.com. How do you know they, if they actually own the property? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and the interesting is too, this person's doing a notary close, so they're not going through an escrow company. So let me just get that out of the way real quick first. If they were closing through an escrow company, they would ask for the proper documentation, and that's kind of what you're gonna ask for too. It's the same thing. Maybe the articles of organization, uh, and showing that they are the sole member or managing member, whatever it is that you need to satisfy that, like we do with our LLCs. And if you have an LLC, you did this too. And most states, not all, most states have a way that you can check this, that you could go to the state, and it sounds like they try to do this, like ours in Arizona, that you could put in the name of our, you know, one of our Arizona LLCs, it'll pop up, it'll say managing member. Managing member Jill, managing member Steve. Exactly, it'll have it right there. If not, there should be an, a board, a state board, that you could call and verify that. So for me, that was that was satisfy it. Again, the articles of organization, um, they probably have something, if you, I don't know if you wanna go so far to ask for an EIN, you could to cover your rear just to show that it's you know really registered with the state. They have a tax ID number, not gonna use it, but you know you could ask for that document for your to make you feel good. Um, and then I would maybe make that extra phone call to the state, just confirming, you know, I'm looking at this, are they registered? You could even ask, well, you know, one thing I haven't done in a while, but it's been asked of from me is a letter of good standing. You could ask for that as well. And that comes from the state board and they issue that usually within 24 hours. And it's just a template like, yep, it's a registered uh, entity. And here's their letter of good standing. They're active and dated this date. So entities, there's uh, financial entities that are allowed to own real property. Um, I'll list them real quick. Any type of corporation, a corp- a corporations can own property. They can own a metal stamping machine. They can own a car. They can own all kinds of personal property. They're assets. They're classified as assets in that company's balance sheet. There's no, and then there's only entities that can hold property. A trust can pull, hold all kinds of property. Uh, an individual can hold all kinds of property. So the, all these entities are valid entities to own, uh, real property or any other type of property. The issue is the, who can sign for that property? Who, what individual is part of that organization and ranked? We need the document to say, Steve can sign for ABC uh, Arizona LLC. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's one piece of paper, sometimes it's a whole trust. But what in all cases, it's not complicated. This should never stop you from doing a real estate deal. It's very mechanical and very simple to get past once you, once you know. Thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna voluntarily too take it a step further that once you have this document, Jeff, it's really for your records and for you to have, to make sure confirming that you have the right person signing it, it's, it's not something that you need to send in with a deed. So, but keep it for your road. Just you want to have that. Should anything come back to you someday, someday down the road, someone wants to get title insurance, and they're going back through the chain of title, you can show and prove that you had the right person, yeah. and it was all 
perfect as it passed through you. Today's topic, how to get unlimited SFR deal flow. This is why you're listening. Deal flow, deal flow, deal flow. Speaking of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. When I started in real estate, this is a lot of years ago, this is before the internet, before email, before computers really. That's all everybody talked about. Well, you know, you got to get a lot of deal flow. You got to look at a lot of deals. This is as a broker, as a potential in sales. It's all numbers. You ever, you've heard that a million times probably. It's all a numbers game. If I talk to 15 people, maybe one of them will buy my product. If I have talked to a thousand, maybe 10 of them will buy a product and on and on and on. Any auto dealership or anything that has to do with sales, there's a three-tier number system like that. I have to talk to this many people. This many people are interested in what I'm talking about. I'm going to close this many people. And it's no different. That's what deal flow is. And so it's all about how many transactions in the end a day you as an investor can review because a certain number of those you're going to buy. So what's that top number? The top number is how many people I reach, how many people actually are interested, how many pr- properties I actually buy. That's what deal flow is. So how do you get unlimited SFR deal flow? You have to reach a tremendous amount of people. Well, that's great, Steve. <laughs> how do we do that? The best way to intelligently reach a tremendous number of people and then automatically get to that second tier number, which is, hey, I'm interested, is to send out blind offers. There's lots of ways to do that. The best and easiest and fastest way to reach people effectively is to send it in the US mail. Send them an offer that says, you know, because you want them to have a reaction. You don't want to send a letter of interest. That's ridiculous. They're not, they're, they're going to say, yeah, I do want to sell my property for a bajillion dollars. So you want to reach them with the USPS. You can do texting, you can do phone calls. I can tell you right now the phone, uh, that those are in a less efficient ways. I was just gonna ask that, <laughs> thank you. I'm like, okay, didn't, I have to just interject here because I know it's on your mind. You're listening to this, you're talking about like, okay, come on everybody. Yeah, we got the mail, we all know that works. That's so 1980s, whatever yeah. you wanna call it. There's texting now, there's email, there's all kinds of things. Maybe I reach out on Snapchat and become their friend and then slide it in there. Well, I don't know. I like it. Thank you. but. The, at the end of the day, you're gonna get, there's so many rules and regulations about those technology ways of reaching people that you have to be so careful. I'm not sure it's worth it, number one. And number two, there's just no no replacing mail. They're developing, these, these new ways of reaching people are getting, they develop as the internet develops. Right. So it's very rapid. Regulations are here, yes, no, yes, no. So we have lots of people in our group who use all these types. And we have some people who just send mail. Right. So. But I gotta tell you, the number of people, the more cases, I, I, I'm not to just, I'm not to poo-poo on some of the new technology things, but I just wanna say, just gotta be, I'm not really a fan of them. I guess that's it. I just, direct mail and a, and a professional letter, but anyway, sorry. Back to the show. No, so, <laughs> okay, so that's the great, we understand deal flow, it's the unlimited part. So you can get unlimited useless deal flow. I just said, if you wanna send a postcard out to the whole state of Arizona and every single person that owns a house and say, I'm very, very interested in buying your house, you're gonna get, it would be impossible for you to, to respond to that number, the amount of inquiries that you would get. So is that unlimited deal flow? No, 
that's unlimited garbage. (laughs) 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 You want to reach a lot of people and a certain predictable percentage in that second tier number to have some real interest that you can actually act on, which is number three. You want the right people is what you're saying. That's that's it. So you've heard us talk about that before. Make sure that there's an offer dollar amount in your offer with the closing. You know, if you want to any if you really want to look into the details on that, go to offers to owners dot com. Go to the documents or data uh, documents portion and our all of our templates are there They're And they're all free and you can download them and, and do it, uh, do with what you need. Uh, but but the real kicker to get real deal flow and get cl- closed deals for SFRs. This is just my opinion is there's two points here. Number one, stay in the same market for a while and establish two or three uh, fully credible buyers. What's a credible buyer? Somebody who's done a bunch of deals in the market recently, somebody who has the assets and the, the resources, meaning money and the understanding to do deals, and somebody who understands the business. They understand the value that you're bringing. So that person would look like this. In these three zip codes that are probably adjacent to each other, this person's done 22 did 22 deals last year successfully, bought them and sold them. Uh, they use their own money, or they have a money investor that is, let's say, on everybody says unlimited capital. That's not necessarily the case, but 20 or 30 million dollars or some number like that, and they, and they're successfully flipping properties. And then finally, they understand you. They understand that the value that you're bringing, you're off the MLS. You're a wholesaler. You're not greedy, and they, you got you you, you get you get it. You know, I can't tell you the number of people, specifically with SFRs, not so much land, where they just they um, they're actually like interior decorators, and they don't get Jill. They they say, "What are you talking about? This house, this is this and this and this." They would get, they only want to talk about the the pool and some weird stuff instead of like, "Well, we're delivering this house to you," at. Uh, Eighty-nine dollars a square foot, which is way below replacement costs, and it doesn't need that much. You that, meaning me? I'm delivering it. Yeah, okay. us. We're delivering this house okay. to you at eighty-nine dollars a foot. That's your cost. Right. Uh, replacement cost is one hundred and forty. You know, when people start to say square foot price per square foot in single-family residence speak, I immediately stop what I'm doing and listen. When they say start to say stuff like this wallpaper is never going to work, I that's when I walk away. Right. And in 30 seconds, you can tell whether or not somebody's for real or not based on, on window treatments versus uh, price per square foot on the land, especially out here in California. That's how you establish real limit, uh, real unlimited deal flow. That person that you're talking to that understands you is going to say something like, man, if I had six of these, I could sell them right now. And we all know how easy that is for us in this group to go find six of those at a price that's just, then it becomes a number, a numbers game that we've been talking about. And it, what you just described, I love, because what, what you're doing is you're building up, you're building up your buyers list of the right people. So you're now, you've, now you take your deal flow to a different level. You're not just throwing out a wide net. Now you're really targeting just what, say you have these three wonderful buyers that you just sourced. Now you know what that guy wants, what that guy wants, and what that team wants. And all you're doing is really feeding them deals. You have an established relationship, and this is the best thing, because that means you probably queue up, three out of the four deals you queue up to them, they buy. Because you all know, it's like, we love it, love it, that one had some issues, and you're gonna go, great, 
I'm gonna look for that next time. I won't even tee it up for you. And then you talk about winning. You know, it's just it's now you're you're then what you can do. Volume is great. This is a very telling episode. Now we'll talk about how everybody else does it, and it's wrong. <laughs> when a when a renovator, what's the first thing a renovator does when they want to renovate a house? When they get done with a project and they need a new project to work on. They just they bought a house, cleaned it all up, did what they're gonna do, uh, sold it on the MLS, and they got a pile of money, and this is their full-time job now. What are they, what's the first thing? I don't know, I don't they know They go out on the MLS. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's on the MLS, let's okay. look at this. Oh, this is nice. Look at this, well, we could do this, we can move this around. It's the absolute worst way to do this. True. What does a wholesaler do? They try to find, it. Most wholesalers I know, some way find an asset for sale. Uh, might be through direct mail. It might be through these silly forums that they put on their website and drive traffic to them. Right. They put it under contract and they shop it. And the first person that con- they don't buy it. They just put it under contract. Here's the escrow number. We need five thousand dollars non-refundable deposit, and we need you to close within thirty days. And a certain number of those things close. And all the buyers that are involved in that say some version of, I will never do a deal with these people again. They didn't control the asset, they're charging too much, they're not helping me at all, all they're doing is going on to the next deal, and I didn't get the information that I need, and it's too expensive. Customer service is not dead in this business. Mm-hmm. You have to treat these buyers when they're good buyers, like I described, and they want to do business. Treat them with respect and, and uh, do the deal with them. Make sure they make the money. They'll come back for more. Jill and I get calls every single week from people that we have sold houses to looking for more. Happy you could join us today. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can find us on the Land Academy Show. Each Tuesday and Thursday, we're on the House Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the Land Academy Show is being thankful. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. That was a lot. You think? Yeah. Oh, Thank I guess you. We, I it guess was a long show. Over. <laughs> it was good. I wonder why. It's always great. <laughs> the House Academy show remains commercial free for you, our loyal listener. And wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We Here's are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>